Fortress Canine Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special freedom edition of the Protection Dog Podcast. This is going to be uh, part one of, I believe, six, uh, and this is being recorded in 2020, just in case you're listening to this sometime in the future. And uh, last night, I was laying in bed and normally I'm in I'm asleep within like 30 seconds of laying down at night and um, I very very rarely wake up in the middle of the night and I very very rarely um, have any issues falling asleep at all but last night I was laying there and um, fireworks are going off today is uh, July 4th Saturday July 4th when I'm recording this so if you're watching the video um, it's a little darker than normal uh, because it's early in the morning. I'm on my way to class. Uh, Saturdays are a big class days. And I uh, was kind of thinking through some of the uh, issues that I hear routinely and uh, things like that, both in the, um, you know, the media and all the craziness of everything that's going on in 2020, as well as kind of common errors and issues um, that I see in my clients and dog world uh, and dog handling all of that kind of stuff and I started kind of thinking through a few things and one of the things that hit me and it was brought up by uh, one of the guys that I listen to uh, fairly routinely um, his name is Andrew Clavin he's on the Daily Wire he's got a podcast and things like that and uh, so if you haven't heard him he's, uh, he's a really fascinating guy he has a, I think it's Monday through Thursday, um, kind of a radio program that's also uh, posted as a podcast. And one of the things that I really enjoy about him is he's not just kind of reporting the news and commenting on it. Uh, he typically waits two to three days after something happens to really give a lot of commentary because he's very thoughtful. He, um, he really wants to dig into a little bit deeper into why things are happening, what they mean, uh, that sort of thing. And he has this little joke about you get tomorrow's news today here because he's fairly decent at kind of predicting the next thing that's going to happen, right? And of course, nobody can tell the future. Got a mosquito flying around, so that's my my hands smacking together. And so anyway, um, he kind of brought up this idea uh, when I was listening yesterday, um, I guess it was Thursday's podcast, but I was listening to it yesterday on Friday, <clears throat> about um, reality and how reality has a voice, reality has a say in things that happen. And so a lot of times these philosophies will become kind of a fad or a trend. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, the, the fatter trend will last for a, a period of time, but that in the end, only the things that work last because reality gets a say. Uh, so <clears throat> one of the things he mentions is socialism and the, um, the various different times socialism has been tried uh, all over the place from uh, Russia to Venezuela and how the reason it's never worked is because reality gets a say, right? So reality steps in 
and shows us that while you know some people may believe that socialism is a nice idea and there, there are aspects of it that sound kind of nice from time to time, um, in reality, it, it never works. Never, ever. So, the, um, the thing that was going through my mind yesterday was that reality applies in our lives in a bunch of different ways. <clears throat> and a lot of the problems that we have, whether they're uh, what we might consider personal problems, um, from my perspective, what I deal with a lot with the dogs and with uh, training handlers and all of this, uh, the problems that I see frequently in handlers, uh, the problems that I see arising frequently in the dogs, are almost always based in some either misunderstanding of reality or uh, that the handlers, the people, almost intentionally it seems like sometimes uh, distorting reality uh, to, to try and pretend that it's something more along the lines of what they want it to be. Uh, or a lot of times what it is is it becomes an excuse. Uh, and I see that a lot when people project their own issues on the dogs, right? But all of those things are still, they're, they're the people stepping away from reality, not accepting reality for what it is. And, um, and so this creates a lot of confusion in people's lives. And some of it I think is ignorance. So ignorance doesn't mean you're stupid. Ignorance just means you don't have information. Uh, being ignorant means that you don't have uh, certain information, so we're all ignorant about some things. So I don't know if it's ignorance um, or if it's willful, and it probably is a, a varying degrees of both of those depending on the person. But one of the things, since um, we have all these crazy things going on in our country and we're even politicizing viruses now and all of this kind of stuff, um, all of the debate over whether or not governments should be allowed to dictate to people um, how they act for their own health, how they act for other people's health, uh, all of the uh, craziness about the election year uh, and the, the presidential race coming up and all of that kind of stuff, regardless of your position on any of that stuff, if you're an American, I think that this, particularly being Independence Day, uh, kind of bothers me when people call it 4th of July because we lose what the day actually is. It's not a day when we all go out and shoot fireworks. The reason we shoot fireworks is because uh, this was the day that the Declaration of Independence uh, was historically signed um, by um, representatives of all 13 colonies at the time uh, that it was uh, accepted. And it was when we as a nation declared our independence, sorry about that, declared our independence from Great Britain. And the way that we did that was we wrote what is called today the Declaration of Independence. And, um, and then we basically mailed it in the, the, their version of mailing things uh, over to the King of England and said, here you go, King of England. This is us officially declaring that the colonies are independent from uh, Great Britain, from England. And uh, 
a lot of people have no clue, number one, what we said, and number two, what that meant, either for the people of that time frame or for us. And so when I couldn't sleep last night, I was like, I got it. Some of these thoughts were going through my head and I was like, I got to get some of these thoughts out of my head so that um, I can actually calm down and, and uh, go to sleep, which amazingly enough, as soon as I wrote this stuff down, I went down and back in and laid down. Within 30 seconds, I was asleep. So this was just really burning a hole in my brain last night and wanted to get it out. So essentially what I'd like to do, and this is going to be six parts, so I'll probably, if I can get these all recorded over the next couple days, I will probably post one each day uh, so it, it should fit fairly nicely right in between uh, my, my normal podcast and I want to go through the Declaration of Independence and we're actually going to read portions of it in each of these uh, special episodes and then I'll comment a little bit on it but just reading it I hope will be beneficial to you. So if you have never read the Declaration of Independence, or if it's been a long time since you read the Declaration of Independence, uh, Independence Day is a really good time to kind of go back and reflect on the Declaration of Independence. Maybe it should be part of our national um, tradition for the president to read the Declaration of Independence on Independence Day, uh, but it would probably be a great personal practice or family tradition to read the Declaration of Independence on Independence Day, um, kind of like a lot of families read like the, the story of the birth of Jesus on Christmas. So uh, today what we're going to do is we're just going to read uh, the prologue, I guess that's what you could call it, like the first paragraph of the Declaration of Independence, and then depending on how much time I have... Uh, I will uh, give some comment on it. Now, uh, for those of you who are watching the video and for those of you who, who have seen my podcast videos, I'm driving typically while I'm recording these. So, uh, first of all, don't get too upset with me. And secondly, please uh, be a little patient with me because I am going to be reading this while I'm driving. I know. It's, uh, it's 6.30 in the morning on a Saturday in Orlando, Florida, so there's hardly any traffic. So if I weave... Uh, hopefully I won't be putting anybody in jeopardy, but uh, we will try and get through this as best we can. So, uh, so here it goes. So this is the Declaration of Independence, first paragraph. It says, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people, that was the American colonies, for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, so the political bands which connected the Americas to Great Britain. When it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them to another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. Okay, so let's break this down just a little bit. When in the course of human events, so basically in history, uh, when it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which bind them to another. So America, the, the colonies, the 13 colonies, 
were politically connected to Great Britain, okay, and we won't go back too far in history from when all the, the uh, they're not all pilgrims, but when all the people came over to America and all that kind of stuff, when all of that happened, um, through the course of the development of this, and this happened over about a hundred year long period, Great Britain kind of uh, came into power over the colonies, right? So the colonies were kind of loyal to Great Britain, and what happened, and what I found a lot of people just they don't understand any of this at all, is Great Britain had kind of a couple of ways that they dealt with people um, throughout the empire of Great Britain, right? And uh, so in some places when they were colonizing uh, the Parliament of Great Britain would rule over the, um, the colony just like they ruled over Great Britain, okay? So when they would make a law, that law would apply to the colony, right? And sometimes they would make laws specific to the colonies, and sometimes they would make laws specific to uh, Great Britain, but they had the authority in the way that the governmental system was set up to do that. And in other colonies, specifically in America, they, America or that colony would have its own parliament, right? And then the king, because the king had been kind of roped in to some degree by the Magna Carta and other things that had happened, so the king wasn't like this all-powerful person in Great Britain. Uh, he was more like the president, right? It wasn't exactly the same breakdown of powers and all that kind of stuff. But the king had certain powers and the parliament had certain powers. But there was a parliament of Great Britain and that parliament would kind of rule over some of the colonies. And then there were certain places like America and the 13 colonies here that had their own parliament. So they would kind of report straight to the king the same way the Parliament of uh, Great Britain would interact with the King, but that Parliament, in theory, didn't have any authority over the Parliament in the colonies, right? And the colonies each elected their representatives to the Parliament, just like however they do it in Great Britain, where they they elect their representatives. And so, <clears throat> the the Parliament of the colonies of America were their own governing body, and that was endorsed and established by the King of England, and that was just how the this particular part of the British Empire was, was ruled or governed. And that was how it was set up, and that was how it was supposed to function, right? But what happened was the Parliament of Great Britain still ruled over the military, of Great Britain, and they were enforcing their own rules in America, contrary to the rules that the American Parliament was establishing, and the King of England wasn't doing anything about it, right? So you're going to hear a lot about, we redressed this, the redress of that, the redress of this. Basically what was happening was, when these things would occur, they would send a representative over to the King of England, and they would say, hey... Uh, you know, all these troops are over there in America and they're doing this and they're doing that and the parliament over here passed this law and they're trying to enforce it over there even though our parliament didn't, you know, authorize it, blah, 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 blah. So it was really one parliament versus another parliament and then the King of England kind of siding with one over the other, right? And so he sided with the parliament of Great Britain over the parliament in the Americas and 
eventually, and they, they kind of put up with this as long as they could, right? This is kind of the, if you will, the conservative side of the house where um, they usually aren't pushing for too much change. They just kind of want to go along to get along and they'll kind of put up with as much as they can and then eventually they get pushed too far and then they kind of rein everything in, right? And uh, so that's that's largely why like the uh, the conservatives in America today elected Donald Trump, right? They basically, they put up with it, put up with it, put up with it as long as they could. And finally this guy came along and said, I'll actually fight. And they said, ah, let's give that guy a try. So he elected Donald Trump and, uh, and that's why he's in office. So this is what happened. So the, the one body, Right, the the political bands were they were all uh, ultimately beholden to the British Empire and the King of England, and the political body of the Parliament of the Americas severed that bond through the Declaration of Independence. Right, so they had to they were assuming powers among the powers of the earth. So the powers of the earth were, were countries, right? The countries are the powers of the earth. And so they are becoming their own independent, quote unquote, power uh, of the earth. And they're separating and becoming an equal station, right? Among the laws of nature and nature's God. So they're identifying here that there are certain laws which must be observed and maintained. And there's a God that rules over this, right? And, and no matter what your religious situation or station is among all this, the founding era was heavily influenced in a way that you can't separate it by Christian thought, by the Renaissance thought, the Greek thought, and by this idea that there is a God that rules over the world, and this God has certain rules in place that no one can violate without consequence, right? And so most of the laws during that era, especially both in England and in America and in lots of other places around the world, were based in this idea that there are absolute moral laws and those absolute moral laws need to be enforced to certain degrees by humans, such as don't kill other people, don't take their property, things of this nature, right? And so the Declaration of Independence itself is acknowledging that there is a God and this God has certain laws which he has established both within himself and within his creation, within nature. And these laws can't be violated without consequences. All right? And it says, however, we understand this is kind of a big deal, right? We are declaring this, this total separation from England. And of course, they, they all knew England's not just going to go, oh, okay. Right? They knew that this was to some degree a declaration of war or a declaration that would cause a war. And they, they all went along with this anyway. So this is a huge deal for these guys. They, in fact, most of the signers of the Declaration of Independence were put to death for treason throughout the, the process of the American War for Independence. And it was not a revolutionary war. We'll get into that later. It was a war for independence. So when people call it the, Amer the American Revolution or the Revolutionary War, um, they are using the term revolution incorrectly. Uh, words have meanings and the American war that established our independence, which is why we have July 4th Independence Day, was a 
war of independence, not a revolutionary war. A revolution is when you overthrow your government and, and install a new one, right? That's a revolution. A war for independence is when your government declares its independence from the tyrannical rule of another government. Or I guess you could just say from the rule of another government. But in this case, it was what the founders um, looked at as tyrannical rule. And, uh, and we won't get into all the evaluations of that, but I would, I would tend to agree with them. Not everybody does per se, but that's, that's why they did it. That's how they viewed it. And so they said, hey, listen, we understand this is a big deal. This is a huge thing. We're gonna need the support of other countries in, this, in what's about to happen here. Um, and so we wanna make sure that everybody understands we didn't, this wasn't just some flippant decision where we went, sorry about that, where we went, eh, why don't we, um, oh, I don't know, just declare independence from England, right? They, they were like, no, we put a lot of thought into this. We've dealt with a lot of things for a long time. And, and so we want everybody to understand why we're declaring our independence. So the, this intro paragraph is kind of saying, hey, this big thing's about to happen and we want to make sure that you all understand why we made this decision. So it says a decent respect to the opinions of mankind, that's everybody. So we're, we have a respect for the opinions of everybody else in the world. And this is going to be a big uprising, big upheaval worldwide. It had a worldwide effect because the British Empire uh, was, you know, heavily influenced the world at that time. And so they said, hey, we have a respect for your opinions and we understand that a decision of this magnitude requires that we declare our causes, the causes that impel us, the causes that have driven us to this point of separation. We understand that we need to kind of explain ourselves and that is what the rest of the Declaration of Independence was. So we will get into the rest of that tomorrow in part two of our Freedom Special 2020 on the Protection Dog Podcast. So until then, remember to train hard and stay safe. Fortress Canine Podcast.